Welcome to Gin and Topic. I'm Sarah. And I'm Anya. And every week we seek to learn a little bit of something about absolutely anything. All with the help from experts and rather a lot of gin. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Hello. You're positive today. (laughs) Bloody hell. What a day. What a day. We've had a big one. We have. We've been out of a series. Oh shit, it's the last one in the series. It's the last one in the series. What a series. It's been a quick one, this one. It has. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm not against that. Do you know what? I don't mind it. We started this series saying that we talked to loads of people and that we might (laughs) learn something. We might remember something. Some of it's been done. Yeah, I'm not sure I remember much, but I'll re-listen. <laughs> and then we will. To the whole series yeah. again, and I might remember them. So what are we drinking? Coffee? We're not drinking coffee, we're drinking gin. Oh yeah, that's the... And well, we've got a topic to go with our gin tea. Can we call it gin? Well, they do call I it gin. I can see it, I'm, I know. I'm biased. It's not the right colour. It's got funny words on it that I don't <laughs> particularly like. But anyway, we are talking to Dr. Sam Gregson. And he is a particle physicist, a science communicator, and a YouTuber. I'm hearing Big Bang Theory type stuff here. Oh, cool. Yeah. Particle scientist, right? Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're physicists, but like particles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our topic is the Large Hadron Collider. I know what it is. Oh, I've good, because that's one of our questions. That. One of our questions is, what well, is I think it? I know what it is. What do they do there? And why should we care? Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> we all lo- always love a question like that. And why, why should, we, should care? we give a shit? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're going to answer with Sam Gregson, who also calls himself the bad boy of science. Oh, <laughs> Sam! Sam! And we have to explain what we're drinking. Oh, I've already tried this before and I know I don't fucking like it. Okay, it's a purple bottle. It's a Whitley Neal, which we normally we like. We love but... a Whitley Neal, but really, Whitley Neal, you should have stuck to good gin and not messed with flavours. It's rhubarb and ginger. It's rhubarb and ginger. But I know I don't like it. I don't like rhubarb. I know. Sorry, Sam. Mm. Should we let Sam in next I think time? we ought to yeah. let Sam in. Right, come on then. Let's let him in. We can get on to the important thing. Have you got your gin? I have indeed uh, got my gin. It's uh, Whitley Neal's handcrafted rhubarb and ginger, freshly uh, freshly minted bottle. So excellent. So is ours. And can I ask, how are you drinking it? I've got it uh, in a, a rather nice uh, gin glass. Ooh. I'm not that classy. I just got this for Christmas, so. I thought oh, I might nice. as well roll it out and uh, nice. with uh, some uh, some nice slimline tonic. Tell me why are we drinking this? So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that I could make up. I think probably the best reason is, you know, I saw the bottle. It's a nice, shiny. I like the colour purple. So I was like, you know, I'll give that a go. 
but I'll give that a go. And then I like the taste. So, you know, that was simple. Mm-hmm. Now I can go into a load of other reasons why I like it. But, but I think supporting I think kind wanky of, bollocks exactly, to make exactly. up your reasoning. <laughs> exactly. I think they're they're more sort of um, you know uh, posthumous uh, justifications. So so it's mm-hmm. rhubarb, right? And rhubarb's a bit of a bit of a funny taste. Uh, I'm a Yorkshireman, although I've lost most of the accent from being down in Cambridge. Um, and it was something like 90% Ooh, of the world's... we learnt. Yeah, the rhubarb yeah. triangle. Oh, oh, remember oh, I forgot about the rhubarb triangle. Yeah. yeah. So between like Wakefield, Leeds and Rothwell or something, little places up here, about 90% of the world's farmed rhubarb used to be yeah. uh, used to be done. And uh, Which is the best random fact ever. <laughs> I mean, who would know that? We have to confess. Oh, I don't want to. I feel really bad. Anya's about to shit on your gin. I'm not going to shit on really it. Sorry. I'm not going to shit on it. I, I don't not mind. Literally. I'm not I'm not <laughs> I'm very much not a gin connoisseur, so I'm not invest I'm not horribly invested. I'm not either. I'm personal really not, taste, absolutely. We should all have personal taste. But I flavor gins I'm typically a bit biased against anyway. It's my own prejudice. But when the word rhubarb is in anything, I kind of go, and I, I think it's from her father feeding her rhubarb from the garden yeah. in a crumble yeah, that's the, always too yeah. tart. The crumble flashbacks yeah. or the, uh, yeah. the school dinner flashbacks. It's no, uh, yeah. no good. So uh, then Sarah said, well, what do you want to put with it? And so you... What are you going to do? Well, I'm doing ginger ale. If you do ginger ale, I'll do Mediterranean and then I'll drink both and see which one's better. So just okay. the strongest taste you can possibly get to get rid of any taste of the gin, basically. That's what we're going with. <gasps> Should have bought lemonade in. Oh! <laughs> it just smells so sweet. <laughs> Rhubarb's... Cheers, uh, cheers. Cheers, cheers. Rhubarb's a funny one, actually, because I, I, was, I was looking at... Apparently it's... Uh, it's native to Siberia. So I don't know what that says about Yorkshire that we want to bring over, <laughs> you know, Siberia's uh, fruit and veg. Like, is the weather no. that bad or we're, we're just some sort of horrible gulag place that you can never escape from? I don't know why we wanted rhubarb, but apparently we did. It's marginally better with the ginger ale. <laughs> because there's it less just... taste of the gin and more taste of ginger. <laughs> just tastes like I put a sweet in my mouth and it doesn't make sense to me. Do you like, par- do you like Palmer Violets? That's another no. weird thing that I like. They taste like granny soap, but I, I like them for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> and there is, the is there is a real sweet, um, sweet, sweet taste, mm. as in a yeah. sweet, like Palmer Violet taste problem. to it. I've never had a sweet tooth. No. But I was, I came out knowing that it wasn't going to be a classic gin. Mm. Yeah. I'm not unhappy. I'm I'm going to have another gin. It's okay. (laughs) I can forgive you. Like, it's fine. It's only the last one of this series. (laughs) Um, Okay, so with this, we are also talking to you about the Large Hadron Collider. That's, That's the one. And can we ask, why are you the bad boy of science? So this was this was uh, when I was back in university, I was like, um, I need a kind of USP. And they were like, well, you know, Sam, you're a bit edgy. You know, you try and do comedy and stuff with your science. Maybe uh, maybe something sort of bad boyish sort of would be a good idea. <laughs> and I, I looked and this URL wasn't taken. I thought I'm having that. And, and I just thought the, 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 what I try and do. And, you know, I'm not going to be the one who decides whether I uh, achieve this or not. I think I do okay with it. Is um, 
try to introduce people to it in a more dif- in a in a different way. Make it a bit more interesting, a bit more lighthearted. Add in a bit of edgy comedy. Have a little bit of a USP. So I thought having that name, it sort of fits very well with my personality and how I tend to approach, um, you know, sort of explaining these topics. So it just seemed like a bit of a, a natural fit and allowed me to sort of meld in the comedy with the with the science. And I think a lot of a lot of the reasons some people don't come back and get interested in sciences. Maybe they had bad experiences when they were kids. They didn't like the maths. They had a bad teacher, whatever it might be. But if you <laughs> if you offer them a little bit of, there's a little bit of comedy here or there's a little bit of something different mm-hmm. here, maybe they'll mm-hmm. give it a second go. And that was that was kind of the idea behind what was going for. And of course, then it gives you the excuse to blow things up. That's my assumption. That's awesome. Because if you say it's a bad boy, I'm like, that is brilliant. That is wonderful. I'm like, yes, I support all these ideas. But when Sarah first said, Sue's the bad boy of science, I straight away went to like all of my little books that I used to read when I was like 12 (laughs) with the bad boys in. I was like, I can't, I can't. I had like flashbacks. Just just like go around pulling pulling people's hair and uh, it's kind of hanging out. Okay. You could enjoy your rhubarb and ginger gin. Right. Is this- Anya and I are going to <laughs> reveal to you right. Good. quite how much we know Good. about the Large Hadron it Collider. It take too long. And we're going to attempt to answer our question. What is it? What do they do there? And why should we give a shit? Yeah. We'll change that yeah. from why should we care? That's fine. That's fine. I don't, yeah. yeah, we're good with that. Bad boy and all that. Okay. Drink away. Are you ready? Uh, sure. Large I want Hadron to Collider. Start by saying that's why I know. Pretty much everything I think I know comes from the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. So it's probably not right. And when I imagine it, for some reason, it looks like the giant telescope in Doctor Who that they used to get rid of the werewolf. It probably doesn't look like that. Yeah, they put the Koh-i-Noor diamond in it. I know, but that's how it looks whenever I think about it. So that's how little I know. That's where we're starting. When I think about it, I think about it as a donut underground. Good, that's good stuff, yeah. Basically a massive racetrack tube thing, which would be really good fun if you could go in in a race car and be flung round it. Yeah. Different idea of fun than me. Different idea. Okay. Absolutely. Um, And... Um, really completely not connected. Apparently it's where the uh, internet started. Yes. Oh, or the, or the yes. World Wide Web. So the, the, the internet web. is technically American. Yeah, but yeah. But anyway, Good. but that's not, we're not talking about the World Wide Web. So No, but another episode What do maybe? they do? I think they whiz things around really, really fast to see what happens. Atoms. I remember, <laughs> do you remember the whole sort of panic of they were going to whiz things around, they were going to figure out what the Big Bang, how the Big Bang happened, and we were all going to be killed because of it, because they were going to find that particle. I do not remember that at all, no. Was that when the world was meant to end in 2012? I have no idea. That was the Mayan calendar, I think. That was the end of the Uh, Mayan long count calendar. See, there we go. I got nothing. But it was a kind of world was going to end because they would find this particle. Right. And I don't know what they thought was going to happen with it. So they were were worried that it might, um, or some people were worried, that it might create a huge black hole and suck everything in. But... These particles, these particles that we whiz around have been striking the top of the atmosphere. Even higher energy particles than we make at the Large Hadron Collider have been hitting the atmosphere for 
since the Earth was made, basically, mm. and we haven't disappeared in a huge black hole. So that wasn't <laughs> it. Wasn't a big <laughs> not cons- yet. Here's hoping. <laughs> Still keeping my fingers Depends crossed. Depends on how much gin <laughs> you might fall in your own black hole. It would drag France in first, so we could all laugh at that. And while well, we were waiting for our demise, I guess so. Small mercies, but uh, yeah, there'd definitely be a moment of laughter, wouldn't there? <laughs> well, and the Large Hadron Collider is at CERN. It is, it? yeah. So it's on the uh, Franco-Swiss border in Geneva. You're doing really well. Stop yeah. trying to get gold stars. And Geneva Airport has no, the coolest that doesn't, little that sound. That's nothing to do bong, with bong, this. Bong, bong. You can't does. go on about airports and get gold <laughs> and get stars. Points. Get some Stop points. it. It does. It has one of those really cool little sounds. Well, I've got nothing. The waiting lounge is a bit I've got shit, literally though. nothing today. <laughs> um, so that's a good start. Well, you got they whiz things around. You got Big Bang Theory, which you know. Yeah. There you go. It's you get points for that. I I don't think I do, Sarah. Okay. I think you're trying to be nice. Come on then, answer the question. What is it? It's a whizzy thing. It's a whizzy thing. Right. What do they do there? <laughs> they whiz things whiz around. Them. They whiz. They whiz. They whiz. Yeah. They whiz. Why should we care? Because science. Good. Excellent. I think they're good. all good answers. Yeah. I don't think there's much you can add. I, I think I think that's uh, a great place to end uh, the discussion. But, Thank you very much. I will take my leave. Cheers. <laughs> Come on then, tell us what is it. Most of that wasn't too bad. So so the idea of the large hadron collider is a huge twenty-seven kilometer long tunnel underneath France and Switzerland. So basically in Geneva, and we smash together protons at nearly the speed of light. So. Uh, you might remember from your high school science, protons are in the middle of the of an atom. So there's protons right. and neutrons in the center, electrons whizzing around the outside. So we smash these protons together. And the idea is to find the tiniest Lego building blocks of the universe. So you can imagine if you had a clock and you wanted to know what it was made of, you'd stick a screwdriver in, you take all the pieces apart, you see how they come together to make up the whole clock. With atoms, they're very, very tiny. So we can't exactly tinker around and get a screwdriver in. So we just smash them against one another <laughs> and uh, we see all the garbage that comes Which you could do out. with a clock, to Which be you fair. could. If you really wanted to know how two clocks work, you could. And I, I, in fact, I do this. That tends to be my kind of way of thinking. If well, this is, what, this is what I do okay, in my show. Like, I'll just hit it. My first demonstration in the show is this is what particle physics is, clock against the wall. So Perfect. You know, this is basically what it is. It's just smashing things apart. And seeing the little pieces that come together to make up the whole and doing that on the uh, basically the universe level. Right. So if you see if you can find the tiniest Lego building blocks of the universe and you can work out how they fit together, you can essentially theoretically understand everything because everything is just a, a construction of those building blocks put together in a particular way, a star, a planet. And there's your existential crisis. Good. Excellent. Glad we started early. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> exactly. Why did I study this? Because I never got over not understanding how things work, basically. So, yeah. <laughs> See, this is where we're opposites. I hear something I don't understand and I go, okay, I'm going to leave that well alone. That'll be all right I, then. I, 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 honestly, I can't. I just can't. It will like haunt me until I go to that. I have to like look it up. And so, but if you're smashing and smashing, does there get a point where you can't smash? Okay, I'm sorry. At some much. point, we're going to have to stop talking about smashing because it's getting ridiculous if you can't smash as much. So essentially, when we do that thing that we're not going to talk about anymore, 
Thank right? you. The little bits come out and we see that there's a set of little building blocks of the universe. You smash and you make something small and little. There we are. Yeah, yeah we make it makes the, sense. Make the tiniest Lego building block. And, and the universe was quite was quite friendly. Let's let's put it that way. Um, and it, it only uses a small number of building blocks, which are all the same, mm. to make up everything that we know in the universe. So we, as far as we know, it might be that if we make an even more powerful machine that does that thing that we're not going to say again. You found more. We could go even smaller. But at the moment, the level that we've got to, we can't go any smaller. And that's the reason that the machine has to be so big, actually, because the bigger the whizzer that you make, the more powerful a whizzer you can make. Because what happens is when the particles go round, when these protons go round in circles, they radiate away their energy. So you need slighter and more shallower turns to make a more and more powerful machine. And that's why the thing is so damn big, so you don't have sharp turns in it. Um, yeah. And that allows you to go smaller and smaller and smaller. So higher energy means smaller. Imagine you take a clock and you wang it against the wall quite soft. You, you might get some big bits that come out. Mm -hmm. You throw it, you know, really, really, really hard. You're going to get a lot of smaller bits, which mm -hmm. is a nice analogy mm -hmm. for kind of the, the, the work that we're trying to do there. Nice. See, and that just messes with my head because you've got something that is huge underground that stretches mm. France and Switzerland, yeah. smashing up tiny yeah. little things. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is very. Uh, it is a, a little bit of a, of a dichotomy. The the really the really weird thing is, you think about this machine and it's doing all this really cool, powerful things, and you think about how tiny these protons are in, in atoms. The way that this machine starts is there's just a little bottle of hydrogen on a wall somewhere because hydrogen is just a load of protons, basically. Mm -hmm. And the way they start is somebody just, well, the computer just goes, sss, sss, <laughs> and just that's enough <laughs> protons for this 27 kilometer long tunnel to smash together because there's so many of these tiny, tiny things in just a couple of squirts of hydrogen gas. So you you go to the start of the uh, of the LHC and you think, my God, this is going to be some amazing, like, brilliant thing. And it's just a, a red bottle on a wall, a tiny red bottle on a wall. And just goes, tss, tss. And that's how, uh, that's how they get it started. It was... Uh, oh, that's so anticlimactic. <laughs> it was. It was a huge anticlimax. I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting that. And that, another another really cool thing about um, about working at CERN is the... I said that the, the less powerful machines in the past were smaller. And as you get mm -hmm. bigger and bigger, you, you make more powerful. So what they've actually done is the experiments from the 50s, the 60s, the 80s, as you go forward in time, they now use those to speed up the particles before they go into the Large Hadron Collider. So you can imagine this series of concentric circles. They go into the 50s machine, speed up a little bit. Then they go into the 60s, speed up a bit more. Then they go into the 80s and speed up a bit more. Then they come into the LHC eventually. So as you walk backwards towards the start of this machine complex, it's a, a lovely sort of retro um, backwards in time sort of, uh, you know, historical lesson about how the... Uh, how the machines have improved over time. So that it's a nice little really history nice. lesson. It is quite sweet that, that they, use, really they use those old uh, technologies that, that aren't so kind of good enough nowadays to do what we want to do, but can they've still be useful. They've kept them working. They've kept them going. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. They, they, you've got to keep the mind active, you know, otherwise, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, you've got, to, you've got to keep them going. Can we explore actually how it works? Because I've, sure. got, I've got images of this big 
donut-shaped tunnel Ooh. underground, and it's massive. I really want a donut now. <laughs> so. I know. As I, as I drink more, I'm going to want those donuts even more. Like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's um, and you're talking about tiny things whizzing mm. around it. So, But I'm thinking about, you know, if I start running, I might be able to start really fast, but eventually <laughs> I'll slow down. So how do you get things going around this thing really quickly? So, so it's a very good question that you say about eventually they're going to slow down. Now, if you're running along or, or let's say you're skating and you, you're going to slow down because of the the air resistance and the friction with the ground, right? Yeah, I'm glad you use the skating because that's not why I slow down from running. <laughs> that's boredom, uh, the heart rate, the lungs. <laughs> that's so, not so friction. Let, let, let's say you're falling down a hill. You're going to stop eventually, right? Yeah, the, um, perfect. What we actually do is we evacuate the, the, the tunnel. So it's, it's a vacuum. There's, there's no air molecules in there. So when these things are whizzing around, there's nothing for them to hit. So they don't slow down because there is no mm-hmm. air resistance. There is no friction. So these things go around. Now, you asked, how do we get them up to very high uh, energies? Well, they're protons. So they're positive. You might have seen the other T-shirts, which are protons are always positive, right? They have a positive. Yeah. They have a positive. <laughs> yeah. So there you yeah. go, right? So they have a positive charge. And what that means is if you put a very strong electric field, you can make them whiz around. So this is how we... Mm-hmm you know, speed things up in an old television, like a, like a, a a tube television, right? You had a, an electron gun, you get electrons, you speed them up with electrical fields. So you have a very, very strong electric field, which you wobble up and down and that speeds them up as they go around each circuit of the track. And then you make them go round circles with really, really strong magnets in the walls of the tunnel. So you speed them up with really strong electric fields. So very, very high voltages. So you don't want to be near this thing when it's on. Uh, for for many, many reasons, um, which we can discuss. And then you have very, very strong magnets, which make them go around corners. And you need magnets that are so strong, they're called superconducting magnets. And the only way you can get those is by cooling the machine down to nearly absolute zero, the coldest temperature you can get. Mm. So they fill it with liquid helium, which cools it down, makes the magnets very, very strong. Hang on, hang on. So you said they took out all the air. Yeah. But now we're filling it. So the liquid helium is around the pipe okay, to, make, to make it, it cold. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Not, just, not inside. Just making yeah. sure. Yeah, good. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're entirely right. If you put it inside, it would mess everything up. So it's around the side to cool down the magnets, make them very, very strong. So that's like the icing on the donut. Basically. We've got our ring donut that's yeah. empty. I was picturing that. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a ring donut, but it's not a donut. It's, it's completely yeah. empty on the inside. And then the icing around it. Is this liquid hydrogen? Uh, liquid helium to make it... Helium, uh, sorry. It began with an H, but everyone that works on it has a very high squeaky voice. Oh, but, but, Sarah. <laughs> basically. Okay, I'm still... So I'm trying to understand. We've got this yeah. donut, which is not going to make us want to eat it because it's totally hollow in the inside with no air mm. whatsoever, and yeah. we've got our particles flying around. Yeah. yeah. And then on the outside, we've got these massive magnets. Yep. Yeah. Which I'm assuming there's then awful lot and people on above on ground don't get yeah. stuck with all the metal to the ground. There's lots of things in between there. <laughs> when you drive the car over it, it goes a bit slower. So, yeah. so, so this is yeah. why it's 100 metres underground, right? Because, well, there's, there's, there's several reasons. One, one, it's out of the way. So you don't have this huge 27 kilometre tunnel that's got to go over the, over the roads and over the farms and over three people's <laughs> houses and all this sort of... 
Stop. Right next to the metro. <laughs> yeah, it, it, <laughs> it goes really slowly when it goes past it. Exa- <laughs> Bit stuck. Exactly. Or people try to stick magnets onto it and mess with it and stuff. So that's one reason it's out of the way. So it's underground. Another reason is because it produces a lot of radiation, right? So we're smashing these particles together. The bits come out and uh, we don't want those to to affect the people in Geneva too much. So we have 100 metres of rock between them and that that keeps them safe, basically. Mm -hmm. So the people have their houses, their farms, their offices, shops above this tunnel and nobody most of the time you know knows or cares that it's there basically um because yeah. it has no impact on the on the kind of local local people or local economy so that's the reason we have it under there for for safety and for keeping it out of the way not because we're doing anything uh, nefarious but just to uh, you know <laughs> but you could be and you would could, never tell us uh, exactly we're not we're not we're not above these kind of uh, shenanigans i'll i'll say Good. Nobody should be. Well, this leads us on to what the hell you're doing there. Because you started with saying, you know, you you fling these things around and you break them apart and you've got the 24 pieces that make up everything, which I'm not even going to go there because that is just... No, don't go there. Blow my mind. But therefore you've done it. Surely everyone could go home now and they could actually just be turning up, clocking on, going, going to my secret location. Then just like... Sitting down, having a cup of tea. They're just like, catching up on Netflix. Catching up on Netflix. Yeah. But pretending that we're doing Emily some cool Paris shit. series two. But we did it. There's nothing more to do. So we're just... We're a bit cynical. <laughs> what else? That's all what, right. What do you all do? So there's... I mean, as soon as you start doing these things, right, a lot more questions come out. So the big question that was that was wanted to be answered and was answered by the Large Hadron Collider was the issue of how particles get their mass. So if you think of some of the constituents, we talked about those 24, we don't have to talk about all of them, but let's talk about, for example, an electron, which is in the atom, has a little bit of mass, but a a particle of light, which we call a photon, doesn't have any mass. And, And for many, many years, we wondered, why is it that some particles have mass, they have weight, and other particles don't? They don't have mass and weight. And the reason that we found or the reason that was assumed was that there's there's this invisible treacle in the background of our universe, right? So, you know... make you more hungry. There you go. You get hungry again. Put it in your donut, right? So there's this invisible treacle everywhere. It's in the room with you now, and you can't see it, you can't touch it, you you can't taste it, you can't feel it. But it's everywhere in the universe, and we call it the Higgs field. So it's like a... You've seen Star Wars, right? So you went there, I went dust. Yeah. 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 As in normal lights. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a it's like a sort of force that's around us all the time. And when particles go through this, they feel a drag like a like a like in any treacle, right? And we decided or we thought the reason that particles have their mass was because they interact or they feel a different amount of drag when they go through this treacle. But we couldn't prove it. And we came up with an idea of how we might prove it. And the reason we we one of the big reasons we made the LHC was if you smash these particles, sorry, I said the word smash. If you smash these particles together really hard and put a lot of energy into the environment, it makes this field that's in the background wobble up and down because you're you're mm. essentially smashing things together really hard. And when they wobble up and down, it, they pop out these new particles, which are called the Higgs boson, which you might, you might have heard yes. of. Yeah. Yep. So this Higgs boson we were looking for and we found it in, I think it was 2012. Yes, it's 2012 because we're coming up to a decade since we found it. And that was the smoking gun that showed us that this treacle type Higgs field exists in the background. And therefore, that's 
the way that particles get their mass, get their weight. So this was this was a theory that came from Peter Higgs, who's a very famous uh, theoretical physicist, but he came up with that idea back in the 60s. And for more than 50 years, 60 years, we'd been doing particle physics, assuming that he was right, but always being mm. like, oh God, we've never seen this thing, but it seems to make all the answers work. That's what I love about science. People just go, that sounds like it works. We're going to run with it. And we'll make this assumption because it seems right, but we've got no No proof. proof. That's what we did for 60 years because we were like, his answer is perfect. It makes everything work. Without it, everything falls apart. And everyone was like... So when people say I'm crazy, when I'm like, look, I figured this out and I have no proof, but I know it's right. And I know so-and-so has done this. I can sit with that for 60 years and wait for the proof because I know I'm right. Depends what what it's about. If it's it's, it's about something horrendous. Depends on the situation. (laughs) So, so, but, but essentially in this case, yeah, we were, we were running with, you know, a very educated guess, a very reasonable guess, but a guess nonetheless. And, and in 2012, everyone was like, oh my God, oh my God, we better find it, we better find it, we have to find it, we better find it. And then we found it and it was like, oh, okay, everything's fine again. Um, so that was really the big thing, understanding where where the mass of particles came from. But there's there's a hell of a lot. So you, so you say it's, it's really not over because there's so many open questions. One question is um, what you might've heard of about the uh, grand unifying theories, for example. So- Oh yeah, I've read all about that. I know everything, yeah. <laughs> so there are four fundamental forces in our in our universe, right? There's, there's magnetism. Are we ele- airbender or? <laughs> so magnets, right? There's magnets, electromagnetism. There's, there's strong force, which keeps atoms together. There's the weak mm-hmm. force, which is radioactive stuff, basically. And there's gravity. And at the moment, we don't understand where these four forces come from, but we think that they all come from the same place. So there's basically only one force in the universe. So again, Star Wars is right. Um, <laughs> but the way we experience them is different. We see gravity, we see magnets, we see, um, you know, we see radioactive decay. And we want mm-hmm. to understand how they all fit together and maybe they all come from the same source. So that's that's part of the work that's going on, trying to unify these things together, trying to work out why things have mass and studying this Higgs. There's another idea, which is the idea that I worked on, which is called CP violation, which sounds like uh, a horrendous- <laughs> Definitely culty. It does. And it sounds like it sounds like there should be a 10 year sentence with it um, yeah. because it, it doesn't sound good. Um, and this is the difference between matter and antimatter. So I don't know if you- Mm. You heard of antimatter? I have. I heard feel of like I have, and I feel like I heard about it and went, okay. <laughs> so there's a there's a really uh, weird situation. So we we know about atoms. We have atoms. Everything is made of atoms. But every particle, it turns out, has what we call an antiparticle. So a proton is positive, but an antiproton is negative. An electron is negative and an anti-electron is positive. Mm -hmm. But what's really weird is that we don't see any of these in nature. All the protons we see are positive. All the electrons we see are negative. But why should that be the case? Because positive and negative are just labels that we put on things. Why Why do we always see positive and negative? Why has nature decided to make protons positive and electrons negative? When it would work, we think it would have worked just the same if you just swapped Mm -hmm. them both around. Mm -hmm. And and we couldn't understand uh, why this is. And this is what we call CP violation. Why why is it not the same? 
Um, so we were trying to understand why this, where this came from, because we think in the Big Bang, when the universe started, that we produced equal amounts of these protons and antiprotons. But it, today we just see all protons. Mm. So what happened? Where did all the antiprotons go? over time from the start of the universe that was one of the questions that, that we so sad i know my brain it's straight so away really went to sad. they were returning they home <laughs> so that did was did they get forced out aliens. or did they leave on they their own accord aliens and they are going home let them go home but were they forced out or would they leave on their own accord i don't know i don't have contact with them they've left <laughs> so this is this, this, there's still a hell of a lot of open questions about how our universe came to be the way that it is. So there's there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, so we're not finished, even though we have all these little building blocks, there's still a lot of, a lot of questions about how they come together. How can we put them together? How did they come to be this way? Why are there not more? Um, and all these sort of questions still remain remain open. So all of this stuff to me sounds like you're figuring out all this stuff that happened ages ago. And that's great. That's super cool. I love understanding the yeah. past. But how does it help the future or the present? So this is this is a question that gets asked a lot, right? And it's, it's a very important question because the UK pays, what, £144 million it paid to CERN. Wait, wait, how much? £144 million in <laughs> 2019 to CERN. So there's, there's like, I can't remember how many member states are there. There's like 25 or 30 member states. So... The the member states, they pay according to their GDP. So mm. the UK pays the second highest amount behind Germany because Germany has a slightly, you know, higher GDP than we do, slightly bigger mm -hmm. country. So we end up paying 144 million. They pay something like 200 million every every year. Um, so it's the idea is that everyone can share in the success and, you know. So who's of... sharing in this? Who Who's involved? You've got Bezos. Germany. <laughs> I mean, we we haven't we haven't we haven't done that yet. Maybe we should. If we want a bigger donut, maybe we got to get Jeff. Yeah. That's the way to go. Well, be yeah, like, Jeff. hey, Jeff, Jeff would definitely we got be a deal himself for around you. that, wouldn't he? He would. He'd yeah. be like, put me in it. Yeah, he, def he definitely would. So um, basically, most of the the countries in Europe, um, okay. America, Japan, the, the 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 kind of technologically developed countries all sort of contribute to to this um to this endeavor but the the question that you asked is um uh, i forget the question that you asked now that i was that I was leading into <laughs> how to help the future yes that's right so and it's a really important question because we're paying a hell of a lot of money for this thing right so hundreds of millions to keep this thing going and, and to build it and 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 the answer to that is and uh i don't know if you'll find it a very sort of uh, acceptable answer <laughs> is 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 you can never tell what the benefits of understanding the universe will be right so you go back to the start of the 20th century when we didn't know about electrons we didn't know about protons we didn't know about the the constituents of the atom and yet now controlling flows of electrons in electricity is the very underpinning of our technological society right mm. without knowing they were there we don't have computers we don't have phones we don't have telephones we don't we don't have anything that we rely on today we don't have computers so it's giving you sort of um really hard benefits is, is quite difficult to do potentially but but in terms of in terms of tangible benefits we talked about the the world wide web so the world wide web came out of cern 
And the reason it came out was because people needed to collaborate in many, many countries and talk together and share data so that we could do this analysis and distributed computing. Hell of a lot of data coming out that needs to be analyzed. So you send it to different computers around the world. They do the analysis, they send it back, everything gets stuck together and you have your analysis. So that is, an again, another huge a uh, problem mm. that was solved by the scientists at CERN having to do this analysis. So that's more of a side benefit. Another well, and from what I understand, they weren't. It wasn't something they were they were tasked to be working on. They mm. were just doing it in their coffee rooms, that's in right. their coffee breaks, and they Brilliant. were working on it. And, and Burned was one of the guys that were working on it, and they were doing everything on the whiteboards. And when anyone came in, supervisors, they'd cover <laughs> it all up because they weren't meant to be working on it at all. They were meant the to be doing their own projects. Research. Are the ones you are not meant to be. Doing. As I, I, I told my lecturers throughout <laughs> university, my best work is not the work I'm meant to be doing for you. I, I, I think I think the story goes as uh, it might be slightly apoc apocryphal, but um, when Tim Berners Lee was working on this, he gave it to his his supervisor, and the supervisor basically said, "You know what the hell is this? This will never go anywhere. Get back to work on what you're supposed <laughs> to be doing." Yeah. And so then there was a group of them clandestine working on it all together, which oh, I love. I love that. <laughs> That's how it should be. Exactly. And then and then one more sort of really tangible benefit is um, we've got these protons which are whizzing around in this machine, which means you have to have really good control of where they're going because you don't want them going out of the machine. You don't want them going off track. You want them all banging into one another. And another sort of spin-off technology that's come out is, is proton therapy for cancers. So if you can very, very, um, very perfectly target specific areas with these protons, you can treat very, very hard to treat uh, cancers like cancers which are in the neck or, or in the head or, or close to the heart without actually delivering a lot of radiation to these other places. So usually when people have traditional chemotherapy with electrons or, or with uh, radiation, they feel very sick because it, it damages the other organs and, mm. and systems which are which are around the the tumor as well as 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 attempting to kill the tumor. It's hard to differentiate and and not kill some of the the healthy tissue as well. So you know people lose their hair, they uh, they feel ill, and these kind of things feel very run down. With proton therapy, it might be possible to to give more targeted treatment, and this is uh, this is something that's been explored and and. Uh, you know, it's very useful for treating hard to hard to reach cancer. I'm never ever gonna shit on trying to treat cancer. Like that's that's I won't. Exactly. I, won't I can't. I can't I'll lose with everything. that one. Right. I'm, I'm just no. like have some of I that. I will shit on almost anything, but not trying to yeah. treat cancer. That no, one. No, that's no. a good thing. No. 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 <laughs> Got you now. <laughs> Damn it. So, so so what what were you saying about CERN being shit? <laughs> Just, I never said it was shit. I just said about... I didn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> no, so there's there's um there's some sort of tangible tangible benefits which you can which we can point to, but the the kind of wider benefits come from more, it, and it sounds quite wanky, like you said, is getting a lot of smart people to try and understand the universe. You never know where that's going to go, right? Yeah. It's uh and 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 selling that to someone who's got to give you 150 million dollars, they're like, <laughs> but but really, really, guys, come on. <laughs> But um, it, it kind of is on that level to, to, to some extent. Has it ever sent anyone mad trying to understand? Because <laughs> I feel like it would send me a bit mad if I was there trying to figure it out. Well, and that is the typical sort of view of scientists. One middle-aged, one white, <laughs> one wearing a white coat, mm. and the other one is have, is being mad. <laughs> you know, that is the usual is view of really? scientists. 
That's not in my usual view. Is it not? No. But it's quite a traditional. It's in my, like, jokey cartoon. Well, that's why I mean. Yeah, it is changing a little bit, right? It is, it is getting a bit better. And, and my experience with, with talking with the students and people who are there is most of them are just sort of normal guys and girls that, you know, there's as much debauchery and idiotic decisions and <laughs> staying out late and getting drunk and people being sick and, you know, teenage drama. village as, for scientists. That's exactly how I was going to explain it. It basically is the Olympic village for, for physicists. It's like a, to some extent, nice. like a Club 1830 holiday for uh, for particle <laughs> physics, you know? It's... Uh, <laughs> There's, there's 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 a terrible amount of hijinks that you don't you don't get to see. Um, if you could have like sight into the future, mm. you know you're counting out magic powers now. Aren't yeah, you? totally. Okay, you saw my if you were ruler of the universe and you went yeah, fine. I'm I went people magic powers. Okay, let's okay, go yeah, further. Okay. So into the future, yeah. what do we think we're going to find coming out of the hydron collider? So it's actually the the. People have been a little bit disappointed that they haven't found a whole new set of particles that they would be able to study. So they were hoping that when we turned on the LHC, we would find a load more of new particles because we'd gone up a level of energy. Mm. And that never came to pass. So there is actually um, some people in the field who feel that it's not worth making a bigger experiment because we don't have a lot of theoretical ideas as what might come next. Now, on the flip side of that, People like myself will say, well, if you don't really know what's coming, just do it and then we'll see if there's anything there. So it's bigger a, is better. A, that, <laughs> that that as well, size matters, right? So there's there's a discovery sort of mission to go further. The what will come next, I don't think anyone anyone really knows. In in terms of in terms of colliders, there's uh what we call the future circular collider is planned, which is gonna be a hundred kilometers long instead of twenty-seven. <laughs> And that's going to be in CERN. And then there's some really cool ideas after that. So Do after... people get worried about the footing of their houses yeah. as you're just getting bigger and bigger underground? And, you know, actually... I'd be worried about subsidence my piercings. Like, how strong are those magnets going to be? <laughs> exactly. Subsidence and, yeah. So so, so you're right. And eventually there's nowhere big enough to put them. So the one that's planned after that, people have come up with all sorts of wacky ideas as to where you could put things next. And one of them was an idea of a particle collider in the sea. So the next one people were thinking of was putting one in the sea in the Gulf of Mexico. So you know where like the, the nose of Florida sort of comes down and yeah, you have Mexico yeah, yeah. on the side, putting it in the whole of the Gulf of Mexico. So like the Channel Tunnel, but a donut basically. Off. Florida. A donut <laughs> off Mexico and Florida. And that would and be... therefore a new Bermuda Triangle is the yeah. magnets bring yeah. all the planes down. down. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So it'd be even stronger. And then the next one, of course, is like now we've run out of space on the Earth. And somebody came out with a, a paper, a physicist called James Beecham came out with a paper recently, um, which is a Hadron Collider on the Moon. So around the oh, equator of the Moon is going to be the next one. So Sometimes this is like, you just don't need something. There's that no more big. space, and of course Mars oh, is coming I along. I like now, the so. idea of a moon with a halo. But maybe the poor moon doesn't want Basically, that. Basically, yeah. yeah. So a halo around the moon, and of course the moon. There's no air, so you can run it. Potentially, you could run it on the surface. But I don't right? want to look up at the moon and see a little ring around it. That doesn't feel right. It feels like a trapped moon. Well, then. wait, wait until they start mm. putting uh, photovoltaic solar panels all over it to get the. 
the energy as well, and then it'll just be a I'm blue. I'm still not of... over Pluto. You can't expect me to get okay with this this quick. <laughs> Justice for Pluto. I'm, I'm a child of I'm a child of the past where Pluto was a planet. To be fair, I feel a little yeah. bit sad. Yeah, poor Pluto. It was the favourite of mine. It was a little cute one, and then it was like Downgraded. oh, screw you, Pluto. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they still talk about the uh, the planet X, right? The one that's out beyond Pluto. There was a there was a paper recently where somebody thought they might have found it. I don't think it came to much in the end, but the, people still thinking that there's more. I think it's just out Pluto, Pluto there, just like with a finger. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a Getting, big... find that fuckers. <laughs> And you know what? Respect to Pluto for that, as you should. Do your worst. <laughs> So there's, uh, I'm probably, I'm probably, you know, there's probably some, uh, some hardcore theorists out there going, oh, there's loads of things we could find. But in terms of sort of headline stuff, we didn't find as much as we, as we, as we might have wanted. But there's still a lot of uh, appetite for going sort of bigger and better mm. and, and higher mm. energy. And uh, I'm basically we'll hearing that, that it's all a bit of an anticlimax. We didn't find but exactly what we wanted. I went there but we and I was a little bit disappointed, but I still want a bigger one. But we just want to <laughs> smash things. Yeah. But this is this is the problem, right? You then go to a funding body and you say, look, I need 50 billion to make a bigger one. Okay, why are you doing this? Um, because we're going to look for stuff. It doesn't. And the um, other one didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> the smaller one didn't work. Need a bigger one. So it's all it's all politics, right? The science gets up, wrapped up in the politics, and can you get this money? But um, like I said before, it's a lot of it is about the sort of um, the tangential benefits that come off mm. from just trying to understand the universe better and uh, mm. getting a lot mm. of smart people. Um, together in a room doing that uh, doing that endeavor and doing that sort of blue sky research okay so why should we why should we care and why should we support apart from cancer I mean obviously we'll put so, that to one all right side. okay so that's I'll, just I'll, one thing that's I'll part, one thing we need I'll part more. the proton therapy I, I would yeah. I would do the proton therapy World Wide web I would say understanding yeah but that was that was in the past that was that <laughs> was done that was done okay we need more reasons but understanding the universe gave us basically electronics and computing so understanding things on the on the tiny level on the what we call the quantum level is where we're going forward we talk about quantum cryptography for example quantum computing so understanding the very very tiny world has massive massive ramifications going forward potentially for higher speed computers for um, safety in banking, for example. There's so many uses of these things and so many unforeseen ideas that can come out from solving these problems that we haven't even thought of that, mm. in my opinion, supporting these projects is very, very important. Now, we, we said £150 million. People deserve to understand where their money's going, right? For whatever they're paying for. So this is why I think science communication is very important. And, uh, you know, telling people the benefits that they're getting. This is why I enjoy doing what I do, because you deserve to understand where that money's going. I think it's quite a good deal. Other people can disagree and they can just say, well, you're not having my one penny. OK, I'll put, it, I'll put in a pound for you and then we'll, uh, you know, I'll cover 100 yeah. people. But I, I think in terms of value for money with the things that we see in the world that we have, World Wide Web, you know, all of the understanding of the universe that we get, um, you know, we talked about, I won't bring up the cancer stuff again. They, I, I think it's a very good, it's a very good deal. Is there a club card offer on it at all? So we'll, we'll get some points mm. back. Yeah. 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 For every Maybe. penny spent. Yeah. <laughs> well, for every penny spent, there's the potential for any cancer you get in the future to be cured a little easier. 
Okay, that's fair enough. I will take that deal. Thank you very much. That sounds like that sounds like a very very good deal. To be fair, I think that's quite well. fair. Yeah. There you go. That's better than anything Tesco's offered me recently. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me, if we put our gin mm. in the hydrogen collider, <laughs> what would happen to it? I'm gonna have to have a think now. Now you made me think. Oh, maybe so, it just it would get cold. Be good, good experiment. Be great for your straight to your glass. So actually, so so they they so for part of the year, they turn it off and they don't smash protons together. They smash uh, uh, is it lead nuclei together? So they take atoms of lead and they smash right. them together. And what they're trying to do in those just for fun, just yeah, just for shits, because what they <laughs> what, what they're trying to do with that is recreate the. Um, the what they call the quark gluon plasma, the, the the conditions that existed just after the Big Bang, very very close right. to just after the Big Bang. Mm -hmm. So what I think would happen is something very similar to that. You would get a lesser version of smashing lead together because you're as you'd essentially be smashing water and other little <laughs> bits of pieces together. You would get a lesser version of what they get with that, which would be some very hot, very messy. <laughs> um, very watery start of a universe. Um, it basically it's a bit like, anticlimactic. <laughs> if, if the whole universe was made out of water, it would be uh, maybe that's a good experiment we should do. Um, if you put two gins in, would one gin win? <laughs> well, it wouldn't be mine apparently because it's fucking shit. <laughs> um, so what? Do you know though? It's I, only shit to see, me. Now I understand I why you give people it. gin because they get a bit more leery as they go along. Right? The, the, the bad boy comes out. I see. <laughs> But you know, I have yeah, enjoyed it, loved it. Yeah. because I decided right at the beginning that wasn't having gin. Tonic. And I'm willing to admit that I'm an absolutely biased bitch when it comes to gin. I'm. I know that. I know. Would you say you're a gin snob? Oh, oh my god, she yeah. is. Yeah, I am, yeah. and I know I am. But you know what? That's that right. is down to, to somebody's Stick fault. To it. I, say, I think back, that's fine. Back yourself. I think that's fine. Own yeah. it. Own it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. But I've okay actually really enjoyed it, and I think hats off to Whitley because yeah, um, I think the balance of the rhubarb and the ginger is really good, and I think there's vanilla or something in there. As I well. think that's the actual thing I had the problem with this with vanilla, vanilla bit because yeah. I don't like vanilla ever like even <laughs> vanilla ice cream i'm really weird i don't it just i don't get it so maybe that's what the problem yeah. is yeah but also, i've enjoyed it i've drunk it all i feel like i've exposed myself as like a little bit of a basic bitch they're like they're like oh it's so uh, love a basic <laughs> bitch like, oh, i'm it's... such a basic bitch <laughs> like oh it's sweet oh it's sweet i like it it's that nice and sweet i think you could add that so we could have the basic bitch bad boy of science <laughs> That could yeah. be your next website. The, bit, the there bitch you go. boy of science. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one I want to watch. That, that's going to be the comment under every YouTube video from now on. It's just going to oh. be. And it will all be from me. There you go. I'll, 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 I'll cherish it. Brilliant. Oh my God. I don't think we can go any further than that. I think that is just like the best ending we've ever the had. The drop moment. <laughs> And we will be watching YouTube to to yeah. make sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Please, uh, you know, I won't, I won't, I won't do the plug. Soon as it's your, uh, <laughs> soon as it's your channel, um, you can plug. It's okay. Can you plug. can plug. Okay. Plug away. Please, if you want to hear more about science and a little bit of comedy, come over to the Bad Boy of Science channel on YouTube. I'd love to have you there.
Oh, you've got that down. <laughs> we need to learn to do uh, that. I've done so, it too many times. Right. So, LHC, because I can call oh, it the LHC now because I'm in the club of the LHC. I'm not, so I'm still going to call well, it the I'm Large Hydron Collider. Nice. But I do want to go to Switzerland. I want to go there. I want to go <laughs> and have a look. I'm still a bit worried about the magnets. I think they're all safe. Yeah. Um, But I would like to go and have a look. I would yeah. like to go and have a look at, you know, all this thing that you go down you go, oh, that's really quite an anticlimax where you go, Shh. Psh. There it goes. <laughs> that's what I've learned today, that the Large Hydron Collider goes, and looks like a donut with icing on it. But you can't see any of that because no, it's see all underground. It's deep underground. And uh, it's huge. It wasn't as huge in the 60s. But they keep and making the 50s, it bigger. And they, but they've kept them all working. And, and I love somebody the way wants you to go back in time. And they're now looking at the bigger, producing something even bigger. Yeah. Uh, what do they do there? Smash things. Smash things. But Potentially really find things. ways to help cure cancer. And all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But what we know that they find out is more questions. <laughs> <laughs> this is our problem. Every time it's like, well, really, it just gives us more questions. Okay. <laughs> more questions that they can answer as long as they have somewhere bigger. With lots of money. With lots of money to spend on smashing things. But it sounds really cool. It does. And with researchers from all over, because yep. it is being funded by so many different countries, so loads of different researchers looking at different stuff. Mm. And who knows what could come out of it in the future, because they've produced quite a lot of stuff in the past. It's true. And without it, we won't be able to do this podcast. Yeah. Well, because... Well, well. We do totally. use that to talk to people, don't we? That, the whole sort of connectivity. Oh, of don't stuff. bring out the wanky jargon bollocks. Official term. Yeah. I'm hungry. Donuts have made me hungry. Donuts. Should we go have dinner? Yeah, maybe with some of that air treacle stuff that goes over the top of it. Could be a bit sweet. Could be nice. Not with mm. another rhubarb gin. Sorry. Sorry, Whitley. I quite enjoyed you. Could look forward to what else I can do with you. Maybe I could pour it over a donut. You could smash it. Oh, and that was our last episode of this series. It's done. It has. In been the done. words of the proclaimers, it's over and done with. It's over and done with. Oh, but so many more questions. Not just from the proclaimers <laughs> or from. The LHC, or from gin. I think but you're a bit addled, Sarah. So many questions. Yeah, clearly. It's all right. Maybe at some point we'll stop having questions. Yeah, but that's all right. We can do some more. And to be honest... You need more gin. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we keep doing this? Gin. Yeah. We don't even like each other. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can be less convincing with that. Jesus. Okay. Oh, I quite like sitting here with you. And do you realise it might gin? be the last time we sit in this room and do it? Because I know. I, I'm, I'm finding moving. that a bit, bit 
weird. It's it's an official announcement. I Big know. girl life is beginning and I am leaving home. <gasps> She's leaving home. Which Sarah is planning to use an excuse to come and visit. <laughs> She's leaving this room and it becomes mine again. <laughs> but yes, so the next time we record an episode... Who knows where we'll be? We will either be separate... Yeah, mm, not don't sure like how that I idea. feel about no, that. No, no, no. I think I we'll like be that. together somewhere. Somewhere. Maybe at the Large Hydron Collider. Oh, on location. <gasps> Doing a topic road trip. Oh, I like the sound Ooh. of that. We'd need to show with the amount though, of guests we? we have in like mm-hmm. South Africa. Uh-huh. That could be fun. Travelling. So if you fancy... A job as a chauffeur. <laughs> or if you've got lots of air miles we could use. Because <laughs> we're on a budget, people. Or if you want to be a guest in the next series and you live not too far and we could just walk, <laughs> cycle, <laughs> then get in touch. Yeah. 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 At Topic Gin. On all the social media platforms. Not TikTok. Still yet to do that. No. Probably won't do that. Yeah. Or on our website ginandtopic.com or email us or email us hello at ginandtopic.com yeah or you can hit me up on a insta dm yeah all right now we're going (laughs) see you next series i hope you enjoyed that little episode you got to the end, so hopefully you did. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Well done. If you'd like more content from us, then you can follow us on Instagram. You can. And you'll also find our chief gin taster, the gin monkey, with tasting notes of all the gins that we're tasting in the series. Go on to Instagram, so it's worth following. Yeah, yeah. Topic gin. Topic gin. Same on Twitter. Same on Twitter. Send us a little tweet. Yeah, we're on Facebook too. Topic gin, keeping it all nice and simple. And you can email us. You can, if you want, at hello at ginandtopic.com. If you click subscribe as well, that would be really handy. Reviews, tell people. for you to do. And we'll be back next week. With another episode. I know. And another guest. And another gin. Yay. And don't forget to join me and Emma in our tasting room on Sunday and she can tell us all about the gin.